Hello and welcome to this week's GG Weekend Watch, kindly sponsored by SBK. And we're back focusing on the jumps again this weekend. We're going to be looking north to air. We have five races from the Scottish Grand National Meeting, so we really should be donning our blue face paint and our tartan. I've tried to go with a blue theme, at least trying to tap into to the Scottish theme then this weekend, but plenty to look forward to up from air. And we also have three races from Newbury as well, of course. But before we start our racing chat, we must congratulate a member of the team, Andrew, on his latest arrival. We said last week that he was on annual leave. Really, he was sat in hospital waiting for the birth of his second daughter. So huge congratulations, Andrew, from all of us here, of course. And I'm sure you're delighted to be here for at least an hour then in the shed, getting away from changing nappies for a while. But I'm sure the family are delighted to be looking forward to air. So we will get cracking then and give them what I'm sure they really want. So we'll start then with the 115 at air. This is a listed handicap chase four five-year-olds and over, over two miles and half a furlong. So, Andrew, would you like to kick us off whilst we still have you on full energy levels? Yeah, thanks for that introduction. I've signed again against uh, against all odds. Um, uh, <laughs> another girl, although um, calling her Venetia Lucy after uh, Venetia Williams <laughs> and Lucy Turner are combined to win with Shambhart in the, uh, the Kim Moore has been overruled. So, uh, but, yeah, I'm off for the cruelest of all cuts in the near future anyway. So, uh, we'd always said we'd stop at two and I think with my age that's very sensible as well. So. Two two graded performers and out, that's all right, any, exactly. any selling would agree with that. <laughs> so yeah, as, uh, as for this race, um, I'm sure Darrell will be interested in Sebastopol because he tipped this one off at a good price uh, when he won last time out. Mm. Uh, I had Sebastopol down as uh, a grand annual red rum handicap chase horse at the start of the season, thinking he needs better ground, he travels strongly, you do well in the big field at a strong pace. I mean, he won a small field at Kempton last time, but he did have a decent gallop to uh, to chase. Uh, and I think um, yeah, the, the same will apply here. More runners, stronger pace, decent ground. I think it's good to soft, good in places. They're watering with showers forecast, which is a slight concern. But, uh, mm. you know, hopefully it's going to be no worse than good to soft. And I thought, uh, given that forecast, then Sebastopol uh, could be the way to go here. Hopefully he'll run here and in the red rum at entry. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, so then going for hopefully an air entry double then with Sebastopol to double up or maybe even treble up on that win from last time out. Daryl, are you also siding with Sebastopol then? Yeah, no, 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 no not this time around. Um, I just thought the mark was was, was a bit stiff now, uh, 144 um, coming into this sort of race. He's gone up, what, eight pounds for, for that win at Kempton. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, nothing against him, really, honestly, other than just the mark. And sometimes he can throw in the odd howler. Of a, of a jump so I did want to take him on I do really really like one in here um, Maylistic for uh, for Peter Niven um, this horse has been on the radar for quite some time uh, he's definitely talented he unseated his rider at Doncaster on seasonal return he was off for 321 days um, had a wind surgery but he was he was travelling really nicely and really well in himself but the key to this horse has always been to catch him second time out let him have the run let him blow the cobwebs away and then catch him second time out he went off at 10 to 1 that day um, he, he certainly won't be going on that sort of price today. I can, can guarantee that. Um, last year at this meeting, he chased home all mankind in the future champions chase um, over two and a half miles. Two and a half miles is just not the He doesn't really get it. Um, two miles is definitely his trip, but he wasn't disgraced there. He was right 147 at that time. Obviously, he had some time off, but his form is absolutely rock solid. Um, he's won second time out every single season he's been racing. He's finished um, inside the top two on four of his five chase starts. 
inside the top two on 10 of his 14 career starts. Um, he's a rock-solid uh, horse in terms of he's going to be there or thereabouts. Brian Hughes jumps back on board today. And uh, he's just a talented horse with a lot more to come. He's only turned eight. This mark of 145 is definitely within reach. And um, the ground will be no issue whichever way it goes for him. So I thought he was quite a rock-solid um, bet in the, in, the, in the opener at air. I did just want to have a small cover bet in this race, though. Um, and that's on Hatcher for Dan Skelton. They mentioned in an interview a while back that the air meeting was going to be his target. Mm. Um, he unseated at Sandown last time. But he's only had four starts left-handed in the last two years. And uh, his form figures uh, read 6-3-1-1. One, one. Uh, the first two of those, the six and the three, both came at Cheltenham um, off marks of 150 and 149. This obviously is not up to that sort of level of a, of a Cheltenham race. Um, he's off 145 today, but the mark doesn't really bother me too much. Um, I mean, he's, he's top joint top weight with uh, Maylistic, which will tell you enough about the race as it is. Um, but it's it's the time of year to sort of catch him. Um, the first time after the first time after the turn of turn of the year is normally time to get him. He normally reappears in about March between March and July. I think um, nine of his fourteen wins have come between March and July. Uh, so he does like a uh, quicker ground, so the dry any drying ground will be of benefit to him. But he's a big price, and um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he hit the frame. So I've just had a very small cover bet on Hatcher, but the main play in here will be Melistic. Yeah, Hatcher, a really nice pricer. And I love those the trends and stats then behind Hatcher and Malistic as well. Then for the pair of those, you've definitely been do, doing your research. Um, okay, just, just one thing here. If you are betting on this race um, before the 4.40 on Friday, just beware because Dubai Days is around about 5-1 to one for this race. Yeah, He's 7-4 to four, um, for the 4.40 on Friday. So obviously if he wins that, he's going to shorten up for this one. He might try and do the double. Um, the Inval, of course, the Inval, did, did yeah. the double when winning this in 2018. You get quite a few horses uh, who do go for uh, two runs within 24 or 48 hours at the Air Festival. And of course, if he doesn't run, um, you know, and he disappoints on Friday, then you're going to be... Um, uh, hit with a rule four as well so just be wary mm -hmm. of that if you're having an early punt yeah definitely so that's dubai days to watch out for it just of interest the horses that i've tried to do the double how have they fared generally um i'll dig out some stats during daryl's patter in the next race the, the in, I'll tell you what, you, you could just set your watch by the invow at this meeting over the years, really, couldn't you? He would get hampered on the Friday, not get a clear run, and then you'd back him again on the Saturday and he'd go and win. <laughs> then he'd go and win. Yeah, so, <laughs> so potentially Dubai Days then attempting a similar feat, but hopefully with winning, well, no, actually not hopefully with winning consequences then because none of us are sided with him. So we'll move on then to the 150 at a... This is a is the novices champion handicap chase for five rods and over over three miles. Pretty open contest. Dusart currently heads the betting at the time of recording. So Daryl, who wins this for you, please? Yeah, I think if you can get three to one on Dusart, I think that's a fair enough price about him. To be honest with you, um, I'm not a massive fan of the horse. He's a very strange horse. If he goes right-handed, he jumps out to the left. But yeah. when he's going around his bends on a left-handed turn, as he did at Cheltenham. He wants to be on his right lead all the time, and he just looks awkward. He didn't handle the downhill, <clears throat> didn't handle the downhill run at Cheltenham uh, in the RSA. I don't know. He's he's a horse that if this was more competitive, I mean, a lot of these have earned their ratings in lowly graded northern um, 
northern races to put it politely <laughs> and i'm not you know do you know what i mean though like yeah 145 rated horse running at cheltenham is not the same as 145 rated horse running at kelso yeah you know it, yeah. like and you've got to weigh it up against that is just facts before anyone starts weighing in then yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah daryl hates northerners if you you know what i mean so you've got you've got yeah. to weigh it up against the opposition so like you you look at this race immediately and you'll go, well, okay, so what's Dusart achieve? How is Dusart going to win off a mark of 147? Well, mm-hmm. he'll probably win because he's against much inferior horses, in all honesty. I know he's got to give him a bit of weight, but he'll be fine carrying the weight. I just don't, I don't really see too many problems with him. He, like I say, he's not a horse I'm a massive fan of um, at the highest level. I don't think he's going to make that grade one level, but this is mm-hmm. nowhere near that. I know this is 17 days after what was probably quite a tough race at Cheltenham in deep ground, but he's just better than these horses. And I think three to one's a fair price. If he was a, a seven to four, 13 to eight shot, something like that, then I'd be looking at ways to take him on. But I just don't think anything else is that well handicapped uh, to go and beat him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair, very fair point. Then yes, to do so. Then you get three to one around and then Dara thinks that that is a very fair price. to just to prove better than the rest of these horses. Andrew, do you agree or different opinion? Yeah, I mean, you'll know from the Cheltenham preview that I'm a big fan of Dussard. So yeah. I'll bet him for this at fours. I'll bet him at threes. I'll keep going till he's seven to four, I think. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, this is a big drop in grade. He was very um, impressive in the fact that he won despite racing right-handed in his first two chase starts uh, at Leicester and Exeter, jumped massively out to his left uh, on each occasion, still managed to win. Went to Cheltenham, big step up in grade, first run left-handed, and, he, and he's finished a good fifth. Uh, in Lompresse's race. And, um, I mean, you look at his hurdling um, season, you know, he had one run, beaten Soaring Glory at Newbury. We didn't see him again until he ran in a grade one at uh, Aintree when he was third to Belfast Banter. Uh, he's, he's very lightly raced. He's very progressive. There's a lot more to come going um, left-handed over fences. And uh, he's only a seven-year-old. I think he'll win this. I think what we're looking at now is three to one still in a place, generally 11 to four. I think he'll be seven to four on the day. Oh, nicely. When you keep backing him, he will be for sure. So, yeah, do start again for Andrew as well. Then, so both of the lads teaming up, which we do like them to do so in the 150. Andrew, did you manage to dig out any any of those facts at all? Yeah, I've got back 10 years. Uh, horses who oh. ran at um, you know, the, this air, air uh, meeting, having raced um, here previously one or two days ago, three winners from 10 runners, um, plus nine pounds to a one pound level stake. And another uh, four of the seven beaten horses ran second. Now, uh, the last two winners were the uh, aforementioned, the Inval at 6-1 to one and 3-1, to one. Le Bacardi at 7-1 to one in 2014, and I say, you know, four second places as well and up to 8-1. to one. So do look out for horses who uh, have two goes at the meeting. Something, of course, we used to see at the Cheltenham Festival at one time, but uh, not permissible anymore. Yes, yeah, unfortunately not. But that is obviously in relation then to Dubai days in the first race we were talking about in the 115. So do then watch out for that. So we, thanks for that, Andrew, by the way. We will move on, though, to the 225. This is one of our features now. It's the Grade 2 Scottish Champion Hurdle, which is a limited handicap for four-year-olds and over over two miles. Again, hugely competitive, as you would have thought. But it's a great wood hurdle winner, West Cork, who is the current market leader. So, lads, if you don't mind this time, I'm going to kick us off with this race because I'm going to take on the favourite with one more for the road here because I like everything about this lad's profile for this race. I think he's very well treated here, still off of a mark of 136. He's a seven-year-old, first positive then for him. 
Uh, he has a rating in the mid to 130s. Again, I like that. I hope he's going to be held up in the manner that he was in his last two runs. But it's difficult to say because two of his wins in his hat trick did come when making all. So I fear they may revert back to those tactics here. But he has an ideal conditioning for the race with five starts so far this season. Yeah, I thought he ran really well to finish fourth in the Imperial Cup last time out behind, obviously, the Peter Farhi trained surprise package. He just bolted up. But one more for the road. I thought he ran with huge credit. And he's been given one pound back for that run. Very fair. I'm happy to chance him. And a quick enough turnaround for this race. Doesn't look to be as much as a negative as you would have thought. So that's my opinion anyway. Andrew, please don't take me on. Uh, what is your thoughts on the race? <laughs> yeah, well, as, as a big fan of that Huntington win, um, when mm. he did it from the front in a very quick time and loads of horses in behind him came out and won next time out. And like you say, he's tactically versatile. You'd imagine they're going to... Um, hold on to him as they have done the last twice because there, there's a whole stack of early pace in this race yeah. and they'd be daft to get involved. I mean, the one I've had on my radar for this race since early in the season is last year's runner-up, Anna Bonina, who uh, I've always said is a spring horse. And um, yes. yeah, I, I remember she was, I think she was well punted for a race at Doncaster in um, uh, January. Mm -hmm. uh, even though the ground was quicker than it normally is at Donny in January, she, she still finished well beaten, you know, beaten um, 29 lengths, I think it was. I rode her up in the Racing Post weekend um, as one to, you know, bear in mind for a spring campaign, particularly this race. And she had Tommy's Oscar in behind when um, finishing second in this race last year. She's five pound lower this time around. I mean, she's never won above um, class four level, but, you know, she's run really, some really good races uh, in defeating Greggy Company. And I just thought so each way ran about 10 to one. And a Bonina had to be, um, you know, one that would uh, get a few quid of my money. Milk Court, of course, last year's winner um, is another one to be interested in. Um, two runs since then. Um, the first one was a second of 20 in the Galway hurdle. And then um, a modest effort um, on his chase debut. He's been off since. He's gone well fresh before. All his wins have come in the April to October period. He can go well when fresh. Uh, I wasn't keen on West Cork uh, because... We know Dan Skelton targeted him at the county hurdle. Every horse Dan Skelton's run in the county hurdle has been beaten next time out, naught from 10. I know that's not a massive sample, but quite a few of those were short prices, you know, having run well at Cheltenham. So, um, yeah, Westcourt, I can leave alone, despite the fact that he was 4-1 to one about an hour ago, and now he's 11-4. So I'm, yeah. uh, I'm last year's 1-2 again, um, but maybe Anna Benina can get a bit closer to Milkwood this time. Oh, I like it. So going down last year's race with the form lines in between the pair of them. Yeah, if Anna Benina comes good this time round after I sided with her last time, she just missed out on, well, I didn't just, but she missed out on a place for one then. I'll be fuming. So that's Andrew's take then on uh, on the Scottish champion hurdle. Daryl, your opinion, please. Yeah, I agree with Andrew in terms of West Cork. I think this is a bit of an afterthought really yeah. um, for him. So I'd be against him at the top of the market and hope he gets backed in. Milkwood, this has undoubtedly been the target for Neil mm. Holland. Um, with Milkwood after that disappointing chase debut. Um, he did actually travel really well through that race, but he uh, just didn't finish it off for whatever reason. That Galway hurdle run off a of mark of 147 was, was unbelievable. That was a cracking run, and he was staying on really strongly to finish behind Saudi Air. Saudi Air, I know he's been disappointing since, but that was an on-song Saudi Air. Cheek pieces on first time. He was primed for that day. Um, and he's rated at, what, 162, 164, something like that. Mm. So... Milkwood's definitely got a chance here off a mark of 150. It goes well. He won this race last year. Um, I know he's 13 pounds worse off of Anna Benina, but uh, there's still more to come from him. The way he's won his races suggests that he could ply his trade in a, in a, in a higher grade. But this is um, 
this is a good bit of placing by Neil Mulholland off this mark of 150, I think. Uh, he'll, he'll take a good bit of whacking in this, I think. But um, just one at a price, I'll give a good mention to is, is Al Karma for, uh, for James Moffat. Um, Charlotte Jones takes £5 off this horse. He's rated 90 on the flat. Um, he's running effective of a mark of 127 here. He was due to run in the Moor Battle Hurdle at Kelso, but was pulled out because of the ground. So they've obviously been waiting for some good ground for him. Um, he has just looked an improved model with every single run. Um, he's been running at Cartmel, but I'm not entirely sure that that track really suits him. I think he wants a bit more of a galloping track. He won here uh, by 16 lengths. It was a Mickey Mouse race, really. He beat nothing, 80-odd rated horses. But he did it with such style and such substance that um, he looked like he had just taken like a duck to water to, to hurdles. He's unexposed. He goes well fresh. He's won here. Um, and he's very fairly handicapped on the mark of, on that flat mark ninety one. He could definitely play a hand in the finish if they go if they go hard enough here. Um, so I, I'm going to back him each way, and I think I'll back Milkwood Milkwood as well. Win only. Yeah, so Al Alkamar there, like saying Claimers having a good record in this race as well. Vadana Blue and Chesterfield having some fun Claimers on their back. Charlotte Jones taking the five, but also another vote then for Milkwood as well, off of an eight pound higher mark then from last year. But both of the lads then keen on him so i feel very ganged up on in that race we will move on to the three o'clock then this is the future champion novices chase uh which is a grade two for five rods and over over two mile four and a half furlongs only five runners some likable types in here anyway daryl your take on this race please yeah this is disappointing <coughs> really yeah. this is disappointing yeah um all of these novices this season, they've not surpassed a mark of 145, really. They've mm. just not been able to go to that next level. I, I, I didn't do your job at the top of the market. I think he, I think he's bang average, in all honesty. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't back him at 5-2 for anyone's money. He can go and win Ooh. at that voice if you, if you want. Um, I would back Kiltini Briggs, the outside of the entire field. Um, I think at Cheltenham, I, I think they just wanted a runner and stuck him in the old smokes. He definitely doesn't stay three miles. He's a, he's a gutsy battle over two and a half, but I don't think he really gets three miles, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to try and make all the running in here, and I think he might be very, very hard to pass. He's not too far off on rating. He's got a half penalty um, to saddle, but I just I just think it, this is a race where a lot of these have got jumping issues. Il Redito, God, don't know what's going on with that horse. He's only a five-year-old. Harry Cockton goes to Newbury. Um, Jack Amar's got a bit to do on the ratings, but he would probably be second choice. Manila Drama, you kind of don't really know what you're going to get with him when he goes on a left-handed track. He's best right-handed. When he won at Haydock, Brian Hughes had to take him right round the outside and um, stop him jumping out right and sticking with the rail. And he got away with it because it was heavy ground that day and it was the place to be. Um, I just... Yeah, this is a bit of a mess. Right, I'm not going to have a bet in this, but if you want to bet, I, I couldn't put you off Kiltini Briggs at around six to one just to make all. Yeah, to, oh really? Yeah, to make all. Then, like, say six to one for Kiltini Briggs. Really trappy race, and I think you've assessed that really nicely, actually. Andrew, uh, do you agree this is just as trappy? Yeah, I agree to take on the top of the market, Manella Drama, and do your job. I don't think anything special. You look at the role of honour for you know winners of this race. It tends to go to a, a bigger Southern Yard rather than a northern trainer. Uh, Paul Nichols has got a good race. I've bet Il Rodoto at 11-2. to two. Uh, I mean, si since that impressive Newbury win, you know, he he's bumped into Edward Stone in grade one company and then won run twice on heavy ground. So he was only a four-year-old when winning, um, you know, that Newbury race. And you look at Paul Nichols' other four-year-old winner of that race, the uh, Ulit Duvan, you know, that, um, you know, won several times after that. Uh, and they said... Uh, 
he was suited by them going a strong pace that day because they were completely flat out for the first mile. It became all about stamina. Uh, and, they, and they said he'd be, he'd be, you know, going over it. He'd need a longer trip in time. Um, so, yeah, two and a half miles on goodish ground. I think we'll suit Il Rodoto and say, given Paul Nichols' record in the race is probably overpriced. Um, doesn't mean he'll win. It just means there might be a bit of value in the race. And the other one I wasn't um, uh, against was um, six-to-one shot Jackamar, who um, I've always... I know he won at Leicester last time, but that race fell apart. I've always thought he, you know, he, he needs a flat track. You look at all his, you know, he, all his struggles when he's gone to the likes of Cheltenham. You look at his form at the the Kemptons, the Wincantons, the Newton Abbots of the world. He's always gone pretty well. So uh, I thought it was an interesting race in terms of you get the front two beat. I mean, maybe the bet will be to do the three outsiders in combination forecast. You know, I'm sort of in the camp of two of them, Giacomar and uh, Il Rodoto, Daryl likes Kiltili Briggs. So, you know, that, that could be the angle, but I'll go Il Rodoto for the sake of having one in the race. Oh, I like it. So both of the lads going for the outsiders. So yeah, so Andrew, he may have had a baby, but he's definitely not lost any of his oomph then this weekend, go, <laughs> maybe <laughs> joining up the three outsiders then of this race to take on the favourites. So like that angle a lot. We shall move on to the 335. The big one is up for now. The Scottish Grand National, which is a grade three handicap chase, of course, five rods and over, over three miles, seven furlongs, 176 yards. And Christian Williams is occupying a lot of the head of the market, really, with a couple of his stars from a few weekends ago when he had that wonderful Saturday double. But, Andrew, dissect this year's renewal for us, please. Yeah, I was super tricky. I mean, the one thing about Christian Williams, you can back his long travellers and make a profit. Anything he sends uh, more than 250 miles. You know, look at the likes of sort of Fakenham, Sedgefield, Newcastle, Air, of course. Um, so it certainly wouldn't put you off the two at the head of the batting. I've never in Racing and Football Outlook this week the Ian Williams horse one more Fleury mm. who um, I did mention on the preview circuit before Cheltenham as a horse who was best in the spring um, won four times on decent ground last year and um, of course including a, a win in three mile novice handicap at this meeting a very impressive win as well it was by six and a half lengths uh, running off a lower mark this time around or a similar marker um, I've seemed to have lost my notes at the moment so uh, uh, Forgive me if I'm wrong about that. Uh, he was 125 to one in, in the Ultima when um, finishing down the field in that race and um, you know, ground and track uh, wouldn't have been ideal. So I think, you know, coming back to air for the first time since winning the beating last year, a horse who you know, thrived in the spring previously. 30, the 50s went on Monday um, and then he was 28th best, I think, last time I looked. Maybe there's a bit of 33s with one bookmaker. But yeah, one more flurry I thought could run a good race. And the other one I liked was Ashdown Lad for Dan Skelton, um, who um, uh, you know looks like he's going to appreciate going a marathon trip. Uh, Dan Skelton said said that about him when he won it. Uh, I think it was uh, Weatherby earlier this season. And uh, you look at his um, full brother, it was a Doobie Brief who um, play, placed in the, a Welsh National at thirty three to one behind Nadine River the first time he went beyond the first time she went beyond. Um, uh, three and a half miles so I just thought that um, you know Ashdown Lad will improve for this step up and trip as well and sort of you know 25s 28s and 12 to 1 against the field so that pair will do for me yeah so pair of eight-year-olds as well which ooh, is notable as a positive then in this race for Ashdown Lad and one more flurry then for Andrew and well done to do all of that without your notes spot on Daryl your assessment please yeah, I like loads. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, when you look Name at any national, everyone. <laughs> yeah, do you know when you like you look at any national, like even the Grand National, like 
you tell people, oh, yeah, back this horse or back these two, but really you fancy about six or seven or yes. eight, don't you? Yeah, It's difficult. I, I started the week off really fancying Kitty's Light because I just think the last three runs at Kempton is the track has just not suited him at all. So I thought it was even more encouraging the way he ran last time behind Captain Nordis stable, mate. Um, he should have won last year in the Bet365 Gold Cup at Sandown, but he was yeah. staying on really strongly. Um, this horse has been crying out to go back beyond three miles. Um, I think he's got a massive chance at the top of the market. I really do. But again, it's a national though. And you, you start going towards the top of the market, you start kicking yourself. A little bit, <laughs> um, I thought the wolf for Ollie Murphy had a, had a fair shout off a mark of 139. He looks all about stamina. So yeah. I thought he could go well. Um, the one I came down on, or the two I came down on, um, Hill 16 is the first selection. Yes. Uh, Mark McDonough's been booked to take five pounds off this horse. He went up nine pounds for that run at uh, Kelso last time in listed company behind um, Nuts Well. That was a remarkably good performance from a horse, given how lowly rated he was in that field. Um, it's probably come on just at the wrong time, given he's gone up the weights, but they do claim five off him, puts him on a mark of 142. This horse is a pain in the arse. <laughs> Tell me about it. Exactly what you mean. Yes. It is. Doesn't he, he just runs on, doesn't it? If he, I swear to God, Kate, if he gets to the end of this four-mile trip and he, he's quoted as running on strongly, <laughs> I'm going to put my lid, right? Because I've been watching this horse run on strongly all bloody season. Yeah. Um, I thought he had been, he, I know he had a blip in the Welsh National, but that the ground was terrible that day. He was, it was all a bit of a mess. So I would just forgive that. Um, he has been crying out to go beyond three miles my goodness me this is this horse is all about stamina mm -hmm. and i thought around 25 to one i thought i've got to have a couple of quid there and the uh the other one was via della rosso for david pipe at 33s mm. i was about to write this horse up for the topham chase um next week at aintree because he was a huge eye catcher in the beach chase um, behind Snow Leopardess when travelling very, very smoothly and just cruising through the race before he was sort of forced to unseat. Um, but this this horse is all about stamina. I just I, The reason I wanted him for the top and chase is because I just wanted him back over the national fences, really. He's too lowly rated to get in the Grand National. But they've chosen to go this route instead. He comes here off the back of two career best wins, bolting up last time at Fakenham by 20 lengths over three miles. Um, they, they're convinced that he's a nationally type horse and uh, he's very unexposed on good ground. He's very unexposed in Britain. Um, he's off a workable mark of 137 on the balance of his form. And uh, if he can just, I know he's a 10 year old, but if he can just improve again for that good ground, um, I think he should be there or thereabouts at around 33 to 1. So they're the two I'll, I'll go with. I won't back Kitty's Light because backing at the top of national markets is for. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to you're allowed to he's still a fair price to be fair little kitty's like no, yeah. i don't want to be outdone by him again oh, <laughs> no. what, what'll happen is is he'll get i'll get nabbed in the second on kitty's light and he'll get two placed fourth or fifth and make twice the money i would i'm learning from uncle up. andy yeah exactly <laughs> learning all of these lessons the hard way then yeah so abandoning Kitty's light there for uh but siding with Hill 16 and also Via Della Rossa as well. And I, I, was, I feel I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi and um, Daryl's Darth Vader, but um <laughs> we, we all know what happened there. Oh no we won't go into yeah, the, you, that you, then. you can't far for any more kids. Exactly you've got enough on your plate Andrew yeah we'll keep it just for the two that we know of for now on. <laughs>
<laughs> for now anyway but no Dara I was actually so pleased though that you said he was 16 because I am siding with him again here he is a horse where I have sided with him on multiple occasions this season and including that pulling up a, a, in the Welsh National where as you say just everything went wrong for him then throughout that and he's just been working his way back form like I say that rise and for last time out it, it stings it really does but I still think he's pretty well treated here all things considered anyway like I say he's probably just peaked potentially at the wrong time but hopefully with Martin McDonough taking his claim off his back as well and I know that top weights don't have a fantastic record in the Scottish National but you look about what the top weights were rated then in previous renewals you know they were mid-150s horses so for all that you can say, well, off of top weight, it's going to give him such a, a difficult task. Well, A, he's got the claim off his back. B, he's only running off of 147, which I think just speaks volumes of the nature of this year's renewal. I know we've got the reduced prize money. It's a strange time of year to have uh, the Scottish National prior to the Grand National. So I think it's all factored into it. So I'm looking more towards the head of weights. But also, I'm going to give a chance. You may think I'm insane here. Well, you'd already do but more insane here is with prime venture the 11 year old in here and we talk about older boys in this race i mean taking risks won this in 2019 as a 10 year old so i'm not overly dismissive of it and he won it on the back of winning a veterans chase last time out prime venture finished third in a veterans chase last time out don't think he ran too badly hopefully it's going to have teed him up nicely for this stamina will be fine for him i just think at a huge price there one of the big outsiders of the field Prime Venture. I'm just going to have a small little each way play on him with this looking like the target off of an optimal mark as well. So I'm allowed two in it. I've gone for two again then. So that's us covered for our races at air. So Daryl, I'll come back to you, please, for anything else from air that takes your fancy. Yes, in the 410, um, Bass Rock has got everything in his favour to, to win this mm. race. I don't think he quite stayed the, the trip the last twice. But I'm going to give a chance to Enemy Coast Ahead, who was beaten by him 15 lengths in this race last season. Mm -hmm. But he's got a £20 swing with him. And that run last season came off the back of a 250-odd day layoff in a wind operation. Mm -hmm. um, he has clearly obviously had his problems because he ran in that race and we didn't see him again for another 20, 227 days. Mm -hmm. He ran at Haydock in deep ground behind Celebra Dallin. And um, he showed up really well and then just faded, looking like he needed the run. And then I thought it was a, a bit of a career best at Newbury Pine, Dashiell Drasher, just beating six lengths um, in December. The problem is he's had another little bit of a break. So there might be another issue. He's been off another 94 days. But he has definitely got the ability to win off a mark of, 94, off a mark of 124. Um, I hope that they're going to make use of him because they keep holding him up and it's not working. So they need to go back to making the running with him. There's no pace in this race whatsoever. So I'm really hoping that they try and make most of him up front and uh, he could just prove hard to catch with that £20 swing benefiting him. Um, but I think it's between them two. I wouldn't put anyone off having a reverse forecast between them two. Oh, I like that a lot then in the 410. Yeah, enemy coast ahead. He really has had his issues. This is knees from when he was back at Tom George's that really is. sort of let him down. Yeah. And so, but it's kind of annoying that then he's sort of best on good ground, even though he has this over action. Yeah. And yeah, he, but he's definitely like, say, if he can just. He's got no chance in Kate. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he definitely will. From what we used to think of him, an awful lot better. He should be an awful lot better than 124, provided everything's then okay with him. Uh, Andrew, anything else from air? Uh, not for me, thanks, Kate. No worries. We shall move on then to Newbury, where we, this is our second meeting then, therefore, and we're going to begin with the 135. This is a novices handicap hurdle for four-year-olds and over, over two mile, two and a half furlongs, open race. Andrew, back to you, please, for this one. 
Yeah, this is horrendous. This is a get out of jail free card kind of uh, <laughs> race, really. We've got five horses trading between nine to two and six to one at the time of recording. Yeah. Uh, Royal Army Uni heads the market for Gary Moore, although that one's form tends to be on you know, sharp tracks. It's all sort of Faultwell, Plumpton, Lingfield form. So it wasn't 100% convinced Newbury would be ideal. There's um, one or two that I was more interested in Mr. Marbles, possibly for the Hobbs Yard. And uh, Motta Mott, um, X Henderson, one of these Die Waters horses, has gone to Sam Thomas, uh, wears a tongue tie for the first time, had a wind up since we last saw him in action. And uh, I, I looked at um, Sam Thomas's record with switches, um, the horses he takes over from other yards um, for um, the Waters, um, for, for this owner. Um, not the greatest strike rate, but those that do win tend to be well supported. Although he was 14 to 1 early, he was very quickly into 10 to 1. And uh, if the money continues, I'll, I'll just side with Mott and Mott. But uh, not not a betting race for me. It's um, incredibly tricky. Yeah, it really is. So 10 to 1, watch for any market support about Mott and Mott there on debut for Sam Thomas. Daryl, trappy race. Solve it, please. <laughs> um, I thought uh, Ryo, Ryo Yumi Uni would probably win. <laughs> yeah, I was so <laughs> hoping neither of you two were going to tip him up because I wouldn't have to say his name then because I cannot say this horse's name. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought he would win. Uh, I thought Punctuation, who was pulled out today on good ground, I, I, he doesn't want drying ground. He wants a bit of cut in the ground. So um, I didn't think anything else in the race was too well handicapped. I, I did see that Surrey Quest was in the top at the top of this market, off an opening mark of 130. I thought, my goodness me, that's a steep <laughs> mark for him. Um, but yeah, I thought he won with plenty in hand last time at Fontwell. Travel through the race really strongly. Um, that came off the back of a really eye-catching run at Newbury in the Betfair hurdle, uh, beating seven lengths. I thought the step-up and trip did him a, a world of good at Fontwell. I thought returning to Newbury would be no issue, and the extra distance on that Betfair hurdle run would clearly suit him. He's only gone up six pounds. I thought that was very fair. I'm going to keep it straightforward and back Royal Yumi Uni. There you go. Horse number two um, yeah. for Daryl then in that Newbury contest one of these days. But as soon as we get to the end of the season, I might learn to how to pronounce his name properly. But it's an absolute tongue twister for me. So we'll move on to the two ten then at Newbury. This is the conditional jockeys veterans handicap chase for 10 year olds and over over two miles seven. Daryl, your take, please. God, this is a get out of jail free card. <laughs> he, he likes these races, though, so I'll leave him to do most of the talking. I thought Indy 5 was interesting, returned to Newbury, um, just won really, really nicely last time. I thought Glenn Forster has been a little bit underestimated in the market um, on the back of his Musselburgh win. That was a good win. That was a return right back to form for him. He went up to a mark of 134. He's back down to a mark of 133. That's only a pound, but they dropped him back in trip at Newbury last time earlier this month, and he ran over, uh, ran in that grade three. He was never going to win that in a million years. Yeah. Uh, Greatwood Cup against all those unexposed horses. Never. Um, and he's back in uh, veteran company today. So he's probably going to be, he's probably going to outrun his odds. I won't be having a bet. Um, I don't really like the race, but. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. I, yeah. To be honest, I'm just hoping that Indy 5 then gives a sort of a roundabout form boost then for Prime Venture prior to the Scottish uh, Grand National then. But Andrew, you love a veterans race. Take it away. Yeah, I, I do the um, you know the only back ten year old ten year olds angle doesn't tend to do as well at this time as year as it does in um, in an early season. Uh, and again, you're looking at there's three ten year olds and you've got um, you know sort of Glenn Forster who I just thought might be best right handed, and you've got the uh, the Newmore Holland horse uh, La Cavsa Nostra who won at Hereford last time out, but was he flattered by being on the front end of a track that favours such tactics? 
uh, the always prominent runner-up disappointed next time and they've stuck cheek pieces on him which you know always seems a bit strange if it ain't broke you know you've got a last time out winner why bother putting the headgear on so i was looking at an 11 year old which is bermeo for uh, having his first run for harry fry now this horse was with tim vaughan uh, tim vaughan is sort of well documented had a torrid time the last couple of years and uh, the horses that go from his yard to others uh, in the last few years and run in a handicap company done really well. Uh, go back to the start of 2019, um, nine from 35 and a profit of £30.50. Uh, one of those rocked up for Harry Fry, uh, was backed into 85 to 40 favouritism at Exeter, uh, was in second place, uh, was sadly tipping up and um, was fatally injured. So um, I, I think there's, there's going to be money around for Bermeo. I could see him starting favourite here. I think he's 13 to 2 where they bet 9 to 2 the field. Uh, he likes to come late off a strong pace. They're going to go like the clappers here. There's loads and loads of front runners in here. Although I normally like front runners at Newbury, I'm not so sure this time around. So I'm quite confident that Bermeo with a clear round will be in the first three or four here. Oh, I like that. Confident then in this race there and siding with an 11-year-old as well. But like say this time of year, factoring that in. So Bermeo then for Andrew in the 210. Now, our final scheduled race then is the 2.45 at Newbury. We have a Novices Mares hand, uh, Hurdle, which is a Grade 2 limited handicap <laughs> and a series final as well. Four four-year-olds and over, over two mile, four and a half furlongs. So lots to take in there. Uh, so hopefully, Andrew, you can simplify the race for us and find us the winner. Yeah, I mean, I, I've pitied the commentator because by the time he's uh, um, you know, reeled out and they're off in the uh, yeah. bet victory racing to help Ukraine.uk, uh, National Home Mayor's Novices Hurdle Limited Handicap Brackets Grade 2. They'll have, Series they'll, final. Yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll, they'll have crossed the line and washed down and be half, halfway home. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, in, interesting race. It's, it's a race that often goes to a five or six year old. Um, uh, uh, nine of the last 10 winners have fit into that age category. Um, but another thing to look out for in this race is um, freshness. It, it helps to have had at least, well, more than four weeks off the track. The five and six-year-olds who'd had a recent outing within four weeks were just one from 49 in the last 10 renewals. Um, so look for horses, horses who are relatively fresh. Um, claiming jockeys as well have um, won more than their fair share on the, of these races. And I was, I was quite interested in uh, the Skelton Runner, uh, Gentle Connections, who was second to uh, Marsh Wren, who reopposes here um, the last time we saw her. But I, I thought it was just given a little bit too much to do in a small field, steadily run contest that, that day. And often you'll get a horse coming from off the pace um, to win this. Uh, you tend to get a whole lot of horses who've been winning from the front in small fields, meeting, going off too quick, setting it up for a closer, usually one who's relatively fresh. So in a race that's pretty tricky for a yard that's done well in it in the past, uh, Roxana won a few years ago. Um, they had the runner-up uh, last year, I think. So, um, yeah, gentle connections. Um, and all, you know, the other skeleton runners would also be of interest, but gentle connections at 20 to 1 is the way I'm going. Yeah, nice price there for Tristan Darrell taking his £7 claim off of her back as well. Darrell, your assessment, please. Yeah, I like this race. Well, I like this race because one, one's a bloody stupid price, really. Um, Nina the Terrier for, for Alan King. Now, mm -hmm. now, things haven't gone her way, right, in, in her last few starts. Um, she she won here being a horse with no name. who was subsequently second in the uh, in the, the mayor's novice hurdle at Cheltenham, uh, and then she was uh, beaten by La Bell when she fell. But she was yet to play her hand when she fell that that day. Now there was a lot of talk by Alan King saying that this horse is they, they really like this horse. This horse will be better when she goes up in up in distance a slight bit. They went to Haydock next time, went up in trip soft ground. I 
I don't think she wants soft ground, but they went the Haydock anyway. My goodness me, Gavin Sheehan gave a horse the worst ride I've, I've seen for a long time. He's done a few of those recently. The, the worst ride since the last Gavin Sheehan Haydock ride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hardy Desoy. Yeah, Hardy Desoy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he gave it a terrible ride and she stuck, she steamed home. She absolutely steamed home. And to be finishing as fast as she did in soft ground at Haydock like that, I thought she was marked down as a, a fairly decent horse. She went to Sandown, um, beaten by Love Envoy, beaten 12 lengths, and Speech Bubble split the pair. But she was held up at the rear of the field in heavy ground at Sandown. No horse, I don't think, all season has made up <laughs> any ground from the rear of the field at Sandown uh, when it's been deep this year. Uh, and so I thought she did well to finish third there. Um, and she's six pounds better off with Speech Bubble here. She couldn't get into the race at Cheltenham 16 days ago, but returning to Newbury where she's won into a handicap, like I say, six pounds better off with Speech Bubble, off a mark of 127, back on good ground. Andrew, like Andrew said, there's going to be loads of pace on in this race. It's going to collapse for her and she's going to be finishing very, very strongly. How the hell she's an 11 to one shot, I don't know because mm -hmm. half of these are no good in all yeah. honesty. She is going to be hitting the, hitting the frame around the left. She's the nap of the day, actually. Ooh, I like that then. Yes, yeah. Nina Viteria, like you say, getting a big price done about her as well in the hope that she can just get back on track. But you can find evident reasons why she didn't. And another claimer then on her back for Brian Carver as well. So I like that a mm. lot then from Daryl. So Daryl, I'll go back to you for anything else from Newbury. No, no, that's it from me. Thank you. Nope. Andrew? Um, in the 320, Fanzio might be able to run a good race despite uh, only finishing fifth last time out. He's uh, got a real Oxo pattern to his form, good mm -hmm. run, bad run, good <laughs> run, etc. And uh, he had a bad one last time, beating 44 lengths. I mean, that's a positive when you're looking at backing Fanzio. You, you want him to have finished out the back of the telly on his latest start. Uh, and you look at his, um, the last time he won, he was beaten 92 lengths the time before. Um, before that, he won, he was beaten 33 lengths before that. And um, so, so, uh, and his, his other his other recent wins since wind surgery, he was third of four, being 16 and a half lengths of time before. So, yeah, always backable after a bad run. He had one last time, Fanzio, about eight to one. Yeah, he is a horse that has frustrated me this season on many an occasion. So if he comes good, then we should be getting a fair price then about him anyway. Uh, anything from anywhere else, Andrew? Uh, just one at Chepstow in the 437, glory and honour for Tom Lacey. Uh, hardly set the world alight in recent starts, but he's got the cheap pieces on for the first time. And uh, I say going into the Cheltenham Festival, um, uh, Tom Lacey was um, seven from his last 14 in first time cheap pieces. And of course, he had uh, T Clipper uh, placing the Ultima in the first time headgear. So dropping in class to class four company for the first time in a long time. Glory and honour in the headgear might be able to run a good race. Yeah, horse number one then in the 437 for Andrew at Chepstow. Daryl, anything from anywhere else? Same horse. Oh, same horse, really? Yeah. Oh, very yeah. interesting then in the 437 at Chepstow for glory and honour. It's the drop in grade. He's by far the better horse in it. There's a slight concern that he does want to go right-handed, but um, he should be far better than what he's running against in that race, that's for sure. Wonderful. So the lads are yeah, very um, I think only one firmer bet on that. Um, they go seven to two. It's a sort of tight yeah. ahead of the market. Oh. Really? Three to one, yeah. Three to one, great ocean, 130 Halifax, seven to two, glory and honor. 130 Halifax, yeah. Is that, is that bigger than you're expecting, Daryl? Or about is that, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, I, yeah, I thought it'd be two to one. Well, yeah
Yeah, exactly. No more <laughs> will it be. Sorry, you're going to have missed that price if you're watching here and now. Uh, so lads, both in agreement there, which they have done a few times on today's show, which is interesting. Uh, so Daryl, I think we know your nap then. Nina Viteria, is it? Yes, Nina yeah. Viteria. She's, it's just it's, it's a price thing. She's just too big of a price. She's, she's in each way nap this week, but she, she will be there or thereabouts. Yeah, in the 2.45 then at Newbury. And Andrew, your nap, please. Yeah. I'm going to go for glory and go for one more flurry. Uh, in the Scottish National, um, oh. round about 25 33s. I Did was you... gonna go for glory in that race as well. You stole my thunder. I was gonna go for Hill 16 then because Daryl agreed with me. <laughs> in, I thought he in... was, I thought he was playing everyone else. I said, I'm gonna go for glory and yeah, glory. Oh, yeah, and... I, I realized when I said it, maybe that's the double flurry and glory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flurry and glory then, yeah, for Andrew, for, for a nap double is what we've kind of put on his shoulders now. And I'm going to go Hill 16, horse number one then, in the 3.35 at air as well at a big price, because why not? Why not? We're getting towards the end of the season. I don't care anymore. So we're just shoving every, all naps in <laughs> at big prices towards it. So, yeah, really good show. Then back talking jumps. Thanks to the lads for all of their hard work as per usual. Thank you to SBK for their usual sponsorship. And thank you for watching. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll speak to you again next week.